Welcome to the Horror Babble Podcast. Abductor Minimi Digit by Ralph Milne Farley Charles Dean's death occurred so many years ago that I feel that it is now safe to publish what I know about it. As it happens, I was a member of the coroner's jury who sat on the case, the jury who decided, for the sake of the peace of mind of Dean's widow, to suppress Dean's diary, which was among the evidence collected by the coroner. That diary has remained in my possession ever since, and, now that Mrs. Dean has died too, I feel that there can be no harm in giving certain extracts from it to the public. All matters of an intimate or personal nature will be omitted. In fact, everything except that which throws some light on the causes of Charles Dean's death. The diary follows. September 3rd. To Dr. Foster today, for him to look at my sore throat. While waiting my turn in the ante-room, I studied an anatomical chart on the wall. Such charts always fascinate me. It was one of those coloured charts which show the way a person would look if his skin could be painlessly removed. All sorts of funny names tacked onto parts of the body, parts which I never suspected existed. The longest and most high-sounding names tacked onto the smallest and least important parts. For example, a tiny muscle and tendon running along the outside edge of the foot was called abductor minimi digit. Fancy that. Dr. Foster happened to step out into the ante-room and saw me looking at the chart. Interested? he asked, with an amused smile on his lips. Yes, I replied. Then, say, dog, what's that funny little muscle with the long name? The abductor minimi digit. There should be an I on the end of it, but it's usually abbreviated the way it's given on the chart. Translate its name into English, and you have the puller away of the littlest digit. A more modern name for it is abductor digiti quinti, meaning the puller away of the fifth digit. It's to move the little toe out sidewise from the others. But nobody can do that, I laughed, trying to do it inside my shoe. Some can and some can't, said he, but the muscle is there in all of us. Then he led me into his office and looked at my throat, which is what I had come for. September 4th. Last night, as I was undressing to go to bed, I got to wondering about that little thread of red muscle which is supposed to lie along the outside edge of my foot. Abductor minimi digit, it is called. I tried to wiggle my little toe with it, but the toe never budged. I might just as well have tried to wiggle one of the handles on one of the bureau drawers by just looking at it. My toe seemed strangely not a part of me, like the drawer handles. Got to thinking about that alleged toe muscle. Made up my mind to try it for a few minutes every evening. Try to wiggle that blamed toe. September 5th. Last night, I tried to wiggle my little toe. My right little toe, to be more specific. I watched that toe, fascinated. Put every bit of my willpower into the effort to move it. Made passes at it with my hands, as though to hypnotise it. But it stirred back at me and stubbornly refused to move. September 20th. Every night for over two weeks I've practised on that abductor minimi digit muscle, but still my toe refuses to move. However... I believe that I'm gaining on it, for the toe now feels as though it were coming under my control. I can sense some 
psychic connection between that toe and my nerve system. I can sense the little thread of red muscle, and I can almost make that toe respond to my will. September 21st. Last night, just the faintest flicker of that toe. It's mine. I control it. My abductor minimi digit has become a thing of reality. Now, if the toe will only move. September 22nd. Last night, the toe moved. <laughs> Actually moved. But the effort exhausted me, and I could not make the toe move a second time. September 23rd. Last night, the toe moved again, several times. This is a silly pursuit of mine, giving so much time and attention to the development of a perfectly useless muscle, a muscle which has atrophied through long generations of disuse, and yet there is considerable of a thrill to feel that you have control over something which formerly was hardly a part of you. No one who hasn't tried it can ever realise what a satisfaction there is to add in a new muscle to one's repertory. It's like reaching out and annexing something which formerly was not a part of one. October 1st. The toe exercises have progressed. My right abductor minimi digit is developing, strengthening. I can now move my little toe smartly away from the others at will, just as easily as I can spread apart the fingers of either hand. Last night, after putting my right little toe through his paces, I tried it on my left. But he never budged. I wonder if I have any abductor minimi digit in my left foot. My left little toe seems not to be a part of me. I must reach out and annex some more of the universe. October 15th. Last night, I was able to move my left little toe. This is a most intriguing game. October 20th. This evening, I am seated in my study. I've taken off both shoes, and have been putting my two train toes through their paces. They both function perfectly. Both are under complete control. And now, like Alexander, I'm looking for new worlds to conquer. But unfortunately, I don't know the names of any more freak muscles. I must go down to Dr. Foster's tomorrow and look up some more names on his anatomical chart. No, I have a better idea. It's suddenly come to me. The paperweight there on the desk. I'll try and move it. True, it's not a part of me, like my toes. And yet, less than two months ago, my toes seemed just as far from being a part of me, just as remote from any possibility of control by my will as that paperweight does now. Why not look hard at that paperweight and force it to move by the sheer power of my will? Absurd? Of course it's absurd. But it seemed equally absurd with respect to my toes, and yet I finally made them move. So I shall try it with the paperweight. October 21st. It is evening again. I'm in my study. I can wiggle my toes, but not the paperweight. But at least I can try. I shall concentrate my will on the paperweight and see what happens. October 26th. For a week. Every evening I have tried to move that paperweight by just looking at it and straining my willpower toward it. Yet still it sits motionless upon the desk. However, I believe that I'm gaining on it for I can almost feel the paperweight coming under my control. I can sense some psychic connection between that paperweight and my nerve system, though there is no little thread of red muscle, no abductor minimi digit here. October 27th. I can 
almost make that paperweight respond to my will. I'm elated. October 28th. Aha! Just now I saw just the faintest flicker of that paperweight. Or did I imagine it? Perhaps it was merely the reflection of the firelight. I tried again, but nothing happened. October 29th. I could hardly wait for evening to come. Now it is here, and I am alone in the study with my toes and that paperweight. That accursed paperweight! The paperweight seems to be coming a part of me. Or perhaps I am becoming a part of it. Anyhow, it obsesses me. I must make it move. I must. How hot it is in here. I take off my coat. The blood pounds at my temples. Let me be calm. I'm on the verge of a great discovery, a great accomplishment. And such an occasion demands calmness. Careful now. Let me put all my calm, sane effort into moving that paperweight. I pause, exhausted. But I think it did move, just the slightest shudder. I must rest and try again. Now, I am calm. Calmer than ever before in my whole life. And with that calmness there comes a realisation of what I am trying to do. If my willpower can move that paperweight, the accomplishment will represent the beginning of the triumph of mind over matter. To what heights of destiny may I not then aspire? Thoroughly rested now I am. I stir across the desk at that paperweight. Once it obsessed me, but now I'm its master. All that I have to do is stretch out my will and it will move for me. I am sure of this. I can take my time now and set down these thoughts on the eve of my great triumph, for I know that I can move that paperweight whenever I wish. My personality seems to stand aloof and look down on the old scene. Charles Dean, Esquire, sitting at his desk, calm, serene, supreme, the first man in the world to be able to move an inanimate object by mere willpower without touching it. And yet, in that aloof spectatorship, I cannot help realising that such things are not done, that they are contrary to the natural order which God has ordained. I'm afraid, but it is too late to stop now. Oh, the fascinating horror of being able to move that paperweight. Enough of this scribbling. I must put my power to the test. Although I know that if that accursed weight actually moves, I shall go. Stark, stirring insane. Well, here goes. These were the last words of Charles Dean's diary. He was found dead at his desk, a look of horror on his face, his pen and diary lying in front of him, and one hand reached forward and grasping a heavy carved paperweight.